0: radio. My name is Chris.
1: This is Colleen.
0: And we have a, uh, yet again, another fantastic show. This is the 40th
1: podcast. Oh, yes. Podcast. How, could I, how could I forget? Our yes. 40th birthday.
0: Yeah. But we're rolling right along. I know a lot of times people associate uh, 40 with uh, over the hill, right? But not with us. No, we're, no, I don't think we're over the hill. I think we've we're just, we're just begun.
1: We're, yeah, we we're just, just rolling begun. around.
0: We haven't even reached our stride yet. So, Thank you, everybody, for listening uh, so far. Thanks for our loyal, uh, devoted fans out there. Absolutely, absolutely. I know we've uh, shared some fantastic stories over the last uh, 39 episodes, so we're, uh, we're moving right ahead here, and we have a, another great show for everybody here, here uh, this time around. Uh, we're going to interview uh, Nick Collette from Listly. So he is uh, the co-founder of, of Listly, which is a really interesting and really cool tool, basically, Um for music fans, so I had a chance to meet Nick at a uh, kind of a community manager uh, social media conference, and he was presenting uh, some of the um, nuances of his tool, and I was like, "Wow, you know, concert fans and mu- you know music fans are concert fans and vice versa." And they love lists, and we love to make lists. The billboard right? uh, we 100. Make, we we mean, make lists of our music, sure. lists of our concert, lists of our shows, lists of our venues, favorite photographs. You know? Yeah, so I've 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 used Listly twice. Uh, well, I've made my own list. I've actually used it many, many other times. But um, uh, two, two particular times, uh, I've created a list of concert venues, uh, top concert venues in Chicago. And then I've also created a, uh, a list of top um, concert movies. So on the my site, favorite. you can actually
1: create your own list.
0: Create your own list, right? And you can vote on lists. So there's really cool interactive functions with that. So um, I asked Nick to come on the show, tell us a little about uh, Listly tell us about his concerts and um, you know and also kind of follow up I'm again. just
1: curious what was your number 1 Chicago venue what was the number 1 the top Chicago venue
0: um, well the thing with lists is it, it I'm not ranking these ah okay all right so and I'm not like John Cusack in high fidelity I'm not as obsessive about lists you know because I'm all about the experience because I could go to you know the metro and see one band and have an amazing experience there, and then go, you know, to you know, I don't know, uh, the Empty Bottle or whatever, you know, and, and see the Green Mill, the Green Mill or whatever. See another another mm-hmm. band there, or jazz band or whatever. Um, Aragon. Each, each venue is so unique that it's hard to kind of you know do that. But this list, I've used Listly before to really you know pull that together so that you're coming into Chicago, you're new to Chicago music, you can go to this list, you can go to this link, and you can go and you can see all that kind of stuff. So it's my way of saying, hey, I love these shows, we want to have you on, you know, go check them out too. So, so we had Nick come on, so we're going to talk to him a little bit later in the show. Uh, but before that, we got some news. Another exciting um, last couple of weeks in the, in, in the world of news. So the first thing we're going to talk about here are um, mosh pits. So according to uh, some news reports here, everybody, we have uh, one concert fan. Lots of people suing people. Yeah, Yeah. some concert fans. So according to Polestar.com here, uh, one New Jersey man says he was banged around at a Pittsburgh punk rock concert, and he's not happy about it. So he is suing the uh, concert venue, the band, the club owners, production company, for quote-unquote uh for failing to prevent aggressive intoxicated drugged and or otherwise impaired individuals from forming a mosh pit
1: I have a hard time with this Yeah be- because I Why? feel like I feel like if you choose to be in a mosh pit this guy have a right pit, to do that I mean I feel like or if not? you choose to be in a mosh pit you you know you shouldn't if, if there's con- things that happen to you in there I mean come on who everyone knows mosh pits are dangerous I've never been in a mosh pit that's been like, friendly and happy and, you know, people hugging each other. I mean, it's, it's all about, like, the aggressive nature of, mm-hmm. you know, um, the fans. And so, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he has a lot of grounds to do that.
0: Well, what happens here is that this guy says a lawsuit claims that the other concert goers pulled him into the mosh pit, threw him around, breaking his knee and spraining his shoulder. So it's, it says that, you know, it wasn't like he jumped into this thing and was like, yeah. They pulled you know. him into he it. He was pulled into it, apparently. Have you ever been pulled into a mosh pit before?
1: I have not. I've been into it. I've been in a few. And, and most of the mosh pits I've been in um, have been relatively safe. A lot of pushing around, but nothing. You just kind of feel it's like you're It's voluntary, right? Yeah, it's voluntary. I mean, you're, I mean you're once you're, in, you're there, in there, though, once you're in a really good mosh pit, you don't really know what quite could happen. I mean, I was hit with... Um, I mean, mosh pits I was can in a mosh pit. around you. I can tell a funny story. I was in a mosh pit when I was... This is when I was like, in high school, kind of naive and thought I was invisible. And I got... I just decided I was going to go in this mosh pit. It was a small venue. And um, they... It, it was pretty dangerous because people had, like, jewelry and things. Mm. And I got hit with a... Um, it was like a, do you remember those wallet belts that everyone had? Someone like, for some reason, their wallet belt either came out or whatever, but but I went with one. (laughs) I mean, it hurt. I mean, it hurt. It hurt for a few days, but Uh. you know, I knew what the consequence was. I went home and I didn't think like, man, I'm going to sue them. I thought, you know, man, that was kind of stupid. Maybe I shouldn't go in, you know, one of those again. Um, but I, I just, I don't know. I think people these days... Um, I don't take responsibility for things sometimes, you know, and their actions. And it's like when I go to a show, I know what I'm. Wait, gonna... wait,
0: wait, wait, wait! Who's not taking their p- responsibility? The people going into the mosh pit, yeah, and just trying to have a good time. I think all people or the crazy ass people who. I-, I think that when you who want to whip people with. Listen, I- I've
1: been to a lot of shows. I've covered a lot of shows. So who's photographed forward, a lot really of though?
0: shows. You know what you're getting into. Sure. Right.
1: Sure. But I, I've seen a but lot guy of shows. This guy says he was pulled into I it. probably could sue. Ha, I could probably sue the promoters of half the shows I photographed. Because I, there were people that were intoxicated. People that were rowdy. I was pushed. I've been punched. I've been, you know, So this this guy pit, is suing photo people pit.
0: because he feels that the venue did not do a good job of protecting him as a concert fan.
1: Yeah. I mean, I All think right? it's questionable. I mean, it would be interesting to follow it through and see if the guy actually wins. Because the guy wins, you know. I mean, it's like maybe other people should think about doing it. Because and this there, happened back in this happened at uh,
0: Mister Small's Funhouse, April twenty eleven. So this you is know, this is a most, while ago.
1: Most concerts happen at bars, and you know, bars can be unpredictable if you have, if you have alcohol and drugs involved. And um, oh yeah, you know, and on top of that, um, we know that music can evoke emotions you know and sometimes that's the whole they thing can be bad emotions pits.
0: like you know in this kind of we'll, you know leading up to our next we have kind of a two-part news story here with mosh pits but um that you bring up a great you know a great point about like watching a mosh pit like what's going on in there you know is it just sure. pure violence or are people getting you know their aggressions out you know and like are they having a cathartic experience uh you know is, is mosh pit like working out you know where you know like i like to work out and run because i get that runner's high at the end you know, is that the same thing, you know, that people are in mosh pits are just like, they have no other way in their entire life to work things out. So you're witnessing, you know, like a cathartic, you know, ball, snarling mess of, like, people, you know, working their motions out. Is thats that... Is that-
1: I I think it's possible, right? It's possible. There's lots of reasons why people would do that. Just pure violence, just pure stupidity. But realize, but realize, I mean, it's based on the
0: music, people being moved by the music, right?
1: Right. Well, I mean, realize, I mean, people go to shows, you know, our last last podcast we talked about, um, we talked to a woman who was, uh, had this great emotional experience from music and she, you know, she felt it and it changed her and, I mean, what if music had the opposite effect for some people? Maybe it made them, you know, angry about an experience that they remembered. Or, I mean, I know for me there's songs that take me back to really dark times in my life and scare the hell out of me, you know, and and I think about Mm. that. And I I mean, I remember Lollapalooza a few years ago, um, you know, listening to um, uh, Modest Mouse and listening to a few songs from there that Brought back memories of someone I know that passed away. Mm. Cause they love that music, and it was a re- it was really hard for me. It was um, very soul searching, and and I, you know, I there's part of me that really enjoyed the experience, and it felt like that person was close to me. But there's a part of me that really just remembered that she was gone. Yeah, you know, she's the one that introduced me to that band. Do so people so, you
0: you think the, the the music? So the band that was playing is called uh Senses Fail. So, what's interesting here is that. Uh, you know, this possibility, and this can happen in any, any concert where there's, you know, people think aggressive music, people are responding emotionally to what that music is triggering, all the emotions, sure. things like that. And sure, good or just bad. Del- yeah, good or bad, letting it out, mm-hmm. you know, and it's coming out in violent ways where, you know, people are trying to work some of those emotions out possibly, you know. And interesting stuff so our other side or
1: they could just be having fun <laughs> or they could just be you know whatever they you yeah, know what i'm saying you know, like, i mean i think sometimes who we hasn't screwed around
0: and you know accidentally punch someone in the sure. face right i mean sometimes i think we <laughs> it happens
1: have to always be careful of of overanalyzing things yeah
0: yeah so our next mosh pit story so we got you know some good stuff here at some mosh pit so There's a couple Cornell students that uh, are using physics to to predict human behavior and save lives at rock concerts. So, over this last uh, year, a couple Cornell students, uh, uh, Jamie and uh, what's his last name, Uh, or actually uh, Jesse Silverberg. uh, and a, a team of students have created uh, what they call a mosh pit simulator, which is essentially, so, so, so Jesse went and he went to, a, went to a concert, didn't get in the mosh pit, and was observing a mosh pit and saw the, saw the activity moving and kind of how it formed. And with his physics background, he was able to look at it and go, wow, that looks a lot like how gas molecules kind of spontaneously start to move. So he started to put these, these two things together and came up with some really cool uh, research. So they got this mosh pit simulator that, uh, you know, they have online that uh, is also being combined with a series of YouTube videos where he's actually comparing them to, you know, how um, other organic, uh, you know, flocks of seagulls, uh, you know, other types of things kind of move and spontaneously, you know, react in the same ways that, you know, um, kind of... uh, uh, rioting fans you know things like that like how crowd uh, you know safety is designed so
1: some it, great research out there fantastic I mean, if, you get, if yeah. you get a chance um go to Live Fix and read the article because it's uh, it's very interesting stuff and, and i I believe just a lot of crowds you know studying crowds has really helped us and shape psychology in a lot of ways and and this is just a piece of that you know just the the fan you know Kind of understanding the fans has helped us sort of understand human behavior and science, and um, so that's it's very exciting stuff.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. This is kind of stuff though why we started like you know doing live fix uh in the first place, you know, kind of putting uh, some science and theory onto the live community experience so you can kind of put these things together to you know save lives and change the way that we uh, experience concerts. So, uh, kudos to the uh, Cornell students, and uh, looking forward to get Jesse up on the. Uh, up on the show too, because I think he's got some, you know, uh, heavy metal stories. It sounds like to uh, uh, to share uh, with that. So, um, so HP. So our next our next story here uh, is uh, HP Photoball, and um, it's I'm basically sure, I, I, a beach sure you... ball,
1: a huge beach ball, yeah, that was bounced around, that was like hit like a beach ball at a show, mm-hmm. live show in Brazil. And um, it was taking photographs, still photographs, and then video as well. And it was put out by HP. uh, Yeah, uh, this is in Sao Paulo. It was somewhat like an advertising um, gesture by the company. Yep. Um, But it also was a very innovative new technology that that was the only time it's been used. Right. And the fans were able to actually... Uh, print out the photographs. It looked like there were booths like around um, where the festival was, and they were able to go and like print out scenes and things that they wanted to print out. And it was also up on the videos of the shows, like up in the jumbotrons and stuff. So they were able to see themselves when they were hitting the ball around. Um, a very very cool idea. I don't know that it will replace. Uh, photographers, though, at the show, like right. live music photographers. I don't think it will replace them. Well, this is
0: kind of interesting because this is like you know we we've been to the uh, Flaming Lips before, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you've
0: seen you photographed the Flaming Lips before,
1: right? Or no, you haven't, have you? I've never, no, I never photographed. Oh, them. We fun. saw them. We did, yes. But we got to the show late. But you've seen that big so ball to... that Wayne Cohn floats yes, around, Yes, I'm very in, familiar right? with the ball, so
0: I couldn't help but think of that. In the context of this and be like hey you know what would what, how, like how would Wayne Cohn do you know do the photo ball you know how, how would that work because we've looked at a lot of show you know brand interactions at at shows before and you know some of them are pretty lame you know or just like you know like okay you're just marketing the fans because that's where fans are at and having these emotional experiences and you want to attach your brand with that experience right I get it but Sometimes you know you get a brand like HP and some of these other ones that are kind of doing some cool things you know they're they're capturing moments they're elevating and kind of you know uh, the the interactive experience and they're taking technology and kind of you know trying to push things forward and I think this is this is pretty cool it's part of their what they call making memories last campaign so you know and they, they did
1: 2000 photographs there was actually 2000 photographs taken yeah yeah and and I don't know I have a feeling someone was controlling so, when it was well, snapped. Let's, let's put this in context. So, how many photos do you usually take up during a show? Um, it depends on the show, right? Um, it depends on how long I'm able to take but the photographs. Average. But I average, a few thousand. A few thousand? Yeah, You I take mean, a few thousand pictures. It depends again on the artist. 1, well, it just depends the on the artist because there's been some, you know, shows where I'm able to photograph like. Freely for the first hour, mm-hmm. I mean, I can get easily two thousand, yeah, thousand two thousand um, shots. Um, because then you go back to the the editing you know room and and you go back in your, to your your camera and you look and then are able to see maybe a yeah. hundred of them are really good out of you know hundred a 1, thousand or something. So um. So I think but the if photo
0: ball was more accurate and captured more pictures.
1: I don't know, I wasn't for, too impressed you know, by the photos. I think it was a fun thing for people to do. Uh-huh. But I wasn't like looking at the photos and being like, Wow, these are breathtaking shots of the yeah. concert fans. I mean, they some of them were blurry, some of them were like, you know, a guy's leg. I mean it wasn't <laughs> so I wasn't too yeah. impressed about that piece. But okay. you know, I mean it was like you said, it was a it, it captured a moment and it was fun for the fans and the concerts are, are solely supposed to be fun, not necessarily photographed. It's supposed to be a fun experience for that person. So, how would you
0: do this better as a photographer?
1: Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe the way that the ball was designed, like I said, it it would be nice. Like I've said, you know, uh, with you know, privately to you, when we were like looking at this, you know, it would have been nice if um, it kind of floated. You know, mm-hmm. like it was the actual photographer controlling it, and it was right. sort of floated like a a, a blimp or something. Mm -hmm. and um or hot air balloon or something something, yeah and it took more professional looking kind of pictures or
0: maybe what if the fans were able to control the ball with their mobile phone
1: yeah that'd be kind of interesting sure and they could kind of like zoom
0: in and zoom out through through their mobile phone
1: and and this is the last thing i have to say but what surprised me is human behavior and how um no one destroyed the camera or, or the ball. I mean, it just surprised me. Like, no one hit it. No one... Yeah, what if this thing... Like, sh-
0: what if a mosh pit?
1: Sure. Or so why did no one pop the ball? Or, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it was pop resistant. But, um, again, I don't know the full length of the technology that, it, that the ball was and the cameras. And see, I wonder, that, it would be
0: kind of interesting to see what this camera actually can't capture. Because it captured still shots and it captured like live streaming video that was put up on other shots. But... You know, as you and I were talking about this earlier, like I wonder what you know, type of other sh- moments this thing captured because it was like fun, and happy moments. But, you know, we know all the types of behavior that goes on in a concert, right? And it's like, can something like this be, you know, part of a lawyer, a, a lawsuit in the, <laughs> Possibly, you know, in the yeah. past, right? Like, yes. hey, HP, you captured some illegal activity going on where we need to actually confiscate that. And use that in in court, you know. So it would be kind of interesting to see how this HP ball, you know, or other types of technology. Because I know we've been at La Palooza where there's security cameras all over the place, you know, all this kind of stuff. So could a ball like this be appeared to be capturing fun pictures, but it's actually part of security, you know. It's a new way to watch fans, I guess, and make sure that everybody's being safe. Huh? I don't know. Just a thought.
1: Your no, You're smiling. Sure. You're, 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 uh, why, why are you smiling? <laughs> that's kind of a conspiracy theory type of way of looking at it. But, I'm just throwing um,
0: it out there. I don't know. But yeah, that's possible. Whatever comes to my mind, sure. I just say it.
1: Sure. I mean, technology can be used in, in, in many ways. I'm not saying I
0: mean, HP is, is being conspiracy the, theory here.
1: Well, uh, there's definitely always market research when they're putting something like this out there. So, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe it's something they'll use in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, n- another exciting thing we have here. So Nine Inch Nails fans have gotten together over the last uh, three years since Nine Inch Nails. Uh, you know, Trent Reznor did uh, their final uh, farewell tour back in uh, 2009. So um, over the last three years, they've called all these products or um, uh, concert footage uh, together to uh, make a three-and-a-half-hour, 37-song set uh, video. That uh, is, you can stream it live on YouTube, and they're also making a, a DVD, Blu-ray version uh, available. So fantastic! So we've talked about this before, where you know technology is advancing; it's in the hands of the fans, and the fans are, you know, taken to you know taken to the technology to create their, their own experiences. So this is this is really cool. You know, this is. Uh,
1: <clears throat> it might be the know. start of some other fan um, videos. Possibly, I mean, like, I you know, Fish is like a perfect example of like fans that are very, very engaged with yeah. their, you know, very, Fish, band. Has very, Fish
0: fans or anything like this before?
1: Not that I know of, not that I've heard of. Mm. Um, but you know, I know there's a lot of video out there from uh, you know personal video of Fish and personal video of you know the Grateful Dead had a huge following and Dave Matthews Band and. Right. Um, you know, uh, Wu Tang. You know, has a huge following, and yeah. you know, um, Snoop Dogg has been around for a long time. And um, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, you know country bands and things like that that have a huge following. Um, yeah, Radiohead
0: know, back in uh, two thousand s- two thousand ten, uh, their fans took a sh- took um, uh, concert video, fan video from. It must have been like twenty four different um, mobile phones oh, and things okay. like that that were used during a show at the at the live uh, Praha video you know, Radiohead played a show out in uh, Prague uh, a while back, and um, fans got together, pulled all that together, and put it into a dVD and put it up on mm. youtube and it, it's pretty cool, but the one thing that you know I've started to look through the you know some of the nine inch nails three and a half hours of, of concert footage is is, is is a lot to go through but um you know, one thing I'm interested in, as always, is to see: Are there any fan stories interjected,
1: you know, into this? You know, would you is, say is this it is in? for true Nine Inch Nail fans? Yeah, yeah. I mean, from do what you I've think like so an far, average person who never really was into Nine Inch Nails it would it be worth them checking it out? I think so. I think so. Anytime fans
0: mm-hmm. go beyond the concert experience, meaning that they have an experience and they want to take you know, artifacts or whatever from that show, or it's pictures, video, their own thoughts, and they want to create something, you know, out of that, I think it's well worth it, you know, because it's interesting to me because you go to a show and everybody has their own perspective, and when you take those perspectives and you start to make art with them, which I consider this to be art, then it's like, yeah, absolutely, you know, because I want to know what everybody else was experiencing, and through different vantage points, you can go, wow, you know, this is – what what they saw. But again, I still, when I'm looking at, the, when I'm going to look through this Nine Inch Nails video and, and go through this thing, I want to see if there's any fans going, you know, I recorded this, this is what made me feel. You know, this is what how it changed my life. Like That's the kind of stuff that I'm interested in. Is that part of this? I don't know yet, but hopefully in three and a half hours you got something in there that says, yeah. hey, or you see the essence of the fan. You know, you see what they've created and you see what they, uh, you know, you know what what changed them about that show, um, and one of the awesome things about this too is that it made it, it reminded me of a chat I had with uh, my my friend uh, Tyler about his Nine Inch Nails uh, experience, where he was at a show, and it was towards the end, and he was just you know he was exhilarated by the show, and he looks to his left, and he sees this girl standing there, and you know. And it's this quiet moment and, you know, it's a kind of in between songs, if I remember right, or at the end of the concert or whatever, he looks over and he sees this girl and she's crying. And, you know, he was like, are you okay? You know, he asked her and then they, they had this moment where they talked about the show and like why she was crying, you know, and, and it just moved her, you know, and there were some things about the concert and just the music and what the music mentor, you know, but it was like that's the kind of stuff that I hope is captured in some in some way in this Nine Inch Nails video because that's that's I think that's what makes the, you know some of these things you know uh, sacred events. You got art fans creating art, so yeah. If you're not a Nine Inch Nails fan, if you're not you know a, a, a you know a Trent Reznor fan, you should definitely check this out and see see what you got. You know, and um, we'll have a link to it on livefixblog.com in the show notes and check it out. But um, you know, if anybody and the the people that are putting it out is. Uh, they're actually um, uh, a group of fans, and they have. A, it's called a tiny little dot dot com. It's where you can get all the uh, video files, streaming video, and then also sign up for a Blu-ray DVD that will be coming out soon uh, with that. So pretty cool stuff. Go check it out. Again, it's tiny a tiny little dot dot com is where you can go check out this 90s nails uh, fan video. So our last news item. So
1: I'm totally excited about this. What what? This this last news item.
0: Yeah, I know you are.
1: I. Uh... Beaver fever, man. Is, do you have beaver fever? You know, I don't know. I'm, at first I wasn't, you know, with his tour, his recent tour. But the we monkey... Watched, we watched the, monkey, the video. The monkey is, documentary. is has kind of started getting me a little hooked on what this whole beaver thing about. What is do you mean about. the monkey? Be- beaver has a monkey. Oh, his monkey, and that's right. And his monkey... Is stuck in Germany until he can provide paperwork. Oh, that's too bad. So it's just a kind of sad, it, kind of, it got me a little bit. Yeah. You know, touched, you know, yeah, the monkey is having from, a big part on the strings. tour. Yeah. It's playing a big role on the tour. And it also reminded me of, a little bit of my uh, childhood. Because, really? Because um, one of my favorite singers by the name of Michael Jackson oh, yeah. also Bubbles. had his monkey. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, it's a little reminiscent What's with the monkeys. You know, I don't know. maybe they are they are they, they're uh, easy on uh, tour? they
0: they are they're, they're um, comforting on tour or
1: something? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Tour's hard. Maybe I'm not monkeys. Sure, ma- but maybe
0: monkeys make touring easier.
1: I'm not sure, but the n- big news item:
0: companionship, right? Is on that tour, you need it.
1: Beaver fever exists in Norway. Oh, clearly. Okay. This show. This so, story's hilarious. Uh, five <laughs> schools in Norway, and it's actually called the As Asud religion or region. I should say region. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And um, they are actually moving their midterm exam dates.
0: you got to be kidding me.
1: So that students can attend the Justin Bieber concert uh, on the Believe Tour at the Telliner Arena on April 16th and 17th. They're moving it. They're moving it. Wow. Closer to the 10th, April 10th. And so that's coming up very soon. That's coming up this weekend for some. The reason why they're moving it. What kind of precedent is this setting? Has this ever uh, happened before in history, I wonder? I don't know. It sounds like it hasn't happened ever wow. in Norway. This but is like they, beyond
0: beaver fever. This but they're is like concerned, beaver mania.
1: Okay, but the Norway Education Minister, Kristen Halverson, is concerned that students could be concentrate, can, could be should be concentrating when they take the test at midterms. Wow. And they say the local schools have the responsibility to schedule the local midterms, and if they think there is any reason to change the dates, they can. Hmm. And so they just they they believe that um, the principal of one of the schools said we considered that this was a battle that we could not win at this time. Can't I mean, go. You can't take Beaver head on. I guess on, not. On tour, huh? I guess not. Wow. What amazing! I mean, to to a concert to, the tour education is, is right. I guess wow. education's being affected by <laughs> Justin Beaver coming to town. Wow. Um, but I guess they have some if history. Those, I wonder
0: if that administration is really – because, you know, they could do that as a front, but maybe they want to go to the show too.
1: Maybe. Okay. Right? I, I could see, yeah, right? I could see right? that. Right, uh, um kids I guess in May, last May, um, Beaver was slated to play a free show outside of one of the opera houses there. Dozens, dozens thousands – a fans stormed the site to try and settle um, his fans down. Beaver actually tweeted to try to talk to them. Mm. And um, it sounds like he was able to kind of calm them down, but 15 of the fans uh, reportedly passed out. And this was last May. So I mean, Norway's uh, pretty scared that the beavers coming to town.: and Well, how do you
0: feel about, uh, you know, in a couple months, you're going to be going to a concert, too?
1: I will be. What, a, I will be. You know, a little um, uh,
0: or whatever, Yeah, so I'll right? we'll be
1: going to okay. uh, New Kids on the Block, uh, Boys to Men, and 98 Degrees. They're yeah. all, like, touring together. And you're not going to have so, to
0: move any of your schooling or anything around to attend, right?
1: Um, No, I, I won't have to move any of that around. I, yeah. I will be making some arrangements. Uh <laughs> to miss a few things that day yeah i'm not gonna that doesn't need to be a public you're gonna be able to
0: relate with some of these people in norway
1: possibly possibly i mean life doesn't stop so when 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 something you know big comes new kids on the block and bieber i mean and then everything else you know sometimes that just has has to happen i mean you can't change tour dates so you can't i mean you can't so, um, so it's possible, and, and it would be great to do a show on. I went to a show instead of. You know, that'd be kind of interesting. Concept. It'd be
0: fantastic.
1: I went to a show instead of you know attending you know my own wedding, or um, went to you know a show instead of yeah um, my friend celebrating Mother's Day with my mom. Yeah, you know, or my friend
0: know. died, and you know we had to postpone the funeral because I had to go to a concert.
1: Hopefully not. That's kind of tragic. I don't, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: I'm not joking
1: about. It. But but that was the news for for this week. I mean, that was a lot of news. That's I, it. I yeah, we, we want to pack it.
0: all that in because that's just amazing and awesome awesome stuff. So now we're going to jump into we got to talk to Nick. <laughs> Nick, uh, thanks hey. for thanks for joining us. Glad we can uh, yeah. finally have you have you on the show. I know we've we've talked a lot about Listly on uh, on Live Fix before, and uh, we've had the opportunity to uh, post a couple of uh, Listly lists um, for for concert fans on there. So great uh, great to finally have you on the show. Yeah,
2: hey, well, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be great to be here.
0: So can you uh, start out? I know we've we've shared a little bit about on the actual blog, but we haven't mentioned or you know get really gotten into it on the. On the actual podcast, uh, tell us a little bit about Listly and kind of how you how you got started and, and kind of what uh, what you guys are doing today.
2: Well, Listly really just uh, lives for the fact that people people adore lists. And, uh, we kind of organize our lives in lists and we're born and we pick our name from a bucket list from a baby list and we, and we die and there's a bucket list waiting to like check off and everything in between. And we organize with lists of songs we love and playlists and, you know, just organizing our lives in the form of lists. And so what Listly basically just provides us a platform to allow you to build lists that are highly social, um, but, and collaborative, so people can actually you know, contribute and vote and, and uh, help you with building your lists. But the big thing and the really different thing about this is that this lists are really powered to be embeddable on your website. So you can, you can build up a, a collection of playlists, of videos, of songs, of whatever, of slide decks, of just links to other blogs or whatever. And uh, embed those lists in your blog and then basically let your audience help you extend that list and keep it live, keep it accurate, keep it current uh, by letting people contribute. So that's really the essence of Listly um, in terms of you know, human human desire to organize things and then uh, just to, we've just taken lists, which uh, – a lot of people don't know, but 30% of the content on the web that we consume in the form of news is in the form of a list. So it's you know ten ways to, ten tips to do this, seven places you need to, seven things you shouldn't do. All well, you know, we basically write and communicate in the form of lists because lists are highly skimmable, and uh, and listly just allows us, to, allows you to to create those lists and communicate effectively through lists with with your audience. So. Yeah, I think
0: that's great because, you know, a, a lot of stuff that, um, especially with, with with music, that's why I was excited to have you kind of talk a little bit about Listly because I know part of the music experience of being a music fan, uh, you know, specifically with concerts, you know, and just uh, whether it's, go, you know, favorite venues, uh, favorite experiences, uh, live tracks, things like that, you know, lists are a huge part of the music listening experience, you know, and I think that that's, that's something too that um, I don't know if... Uh, I know you're probably, you know, probably. Uh, what's that?
2: What's that movie? There's the movie where the guy um, is. I mean, the whole movie is driven. A guy works in a record store.
0: Oh, high, uh, high fidelity, which uh, yeah. Yeah, oh God, that, yeah, oh yeah. Oh that, yeah, there that, you go. Yeah. Yeah. That exactly.
2: is the that is the ultimate list movie, right? It's yep. Just totally. Yeah. That's um, one of my favorite movies. So that's yeah. I mean, that's just we. But it's nice to be able to contribute, right? Because music is something. That's just defining, right? I mean, and it also it divides people as much as it unites them in a good way, right? It's like, well, I hate that music and I love this music. And, <laughs> and, um, and basically that's what I see the lists are is a chance for people to actually congregate around stuff they love, right? If I send you, a, if you hate country music mm-hmm. and I send you a, a list of country music, you don't even see it. Like your subconscious deals with it so fast. <laughs> that you've forgotten about, it. you know, you didn't even register that it was there. But if, if, if you were into a particular rock band and I send you a list to do, to do with that, you'd be all over it in a heartbeat. And our brains are so, we're so filtering of information in this world because we're all so bombarded. Um, and that's what lists are, lists are good for that because they, we know that the list is in a structured format and we know we can skim lists. So that's the kind of relaxing deal that a list brings you. It says, look, hey, read me. I'm a really light read. You can skim me. And, um, you know, when you when you, when you skim, like, your favorite venues, you're going to expect to know them all,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Because you're going to go down and go, no, they have been there. Great. Oh, yeah, I learned that. know that. And then you get to know, oh, what's that? I didn't know there was a venue there. <laughs> and so lists fill in the gaps for you, whether it's helping you find out that a band is on or discovering something you didn't know <clears throat> and that's what that's what's uniting it's just a simple you know, if someone sees a list and they go oh my god i can't believe that list it's it's not got such and such on it it's not it's not got this album or that track you know oh my god i've got to add it right so you add it and other people comment oh my god i didn't know that existed right so people get drawn in because they can participate and it's you know we're, humans are fundamentally social i mean we call it social social networking. All this stuff. It's really just being human, mm-hmm. and content is just the machine that lets us be human. It's what gels us together, and whether that be music, bands, venues, whatever. That's what that's what ignites us. And so it's, it's like I mean, that's why it's so you know all this stuff that, that 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 social networking has brought through. It's made us realize the more we share, the more we can identify with people who are like us. So you know. These things are very kind of tribal and clustering and, and niche and you suddenly realize you know i thought only only me like this stuff but now there's a thousand other people that like exactly the same thing and you found them via the web through, through all these different tools and technologies that allow us to share collaboration is what really kind of it's that's what i love about it. that's what gets me most excited when i see people uniting and helping each other through through shared knowledge and passion you know, so people like I think it's funny but the blog. The classic blog roll is about the most boring thing on the internet. And it's been there since since day one. It was the first thing someone could think to do was to write a list of blogs and put it in their sidebar, and uh, and now we've got people building collaborative um, blog lists, mm. blog rolls. So, you know, I, I don't think I've seen one of of music blogs, but um, I've seen one of doll blogs, and these doll bloggers have basically united and help promote each other because they all have the same topic and so they basically extend this list and they add themselves to the list and they embed the list on their blogs and suddenly you've got these collaborative tools that are a real asset because they help the more uh, the more people embed the list the more easy that whole group can get found right and and i think that's what i think that's the comfort we find from from social right is that is all these people are like us that's the that's really the bonding thing
0: So we're talking about uh, uh, lists, and uh, you know, I know that uh, we we had chatted earlier about some concerts that you that you'd been to. So if um, if you were to make up uh, you know your own list of favorite concerts, which uh, which ones would be on your on your list?
2: Well, I think one, the one I mentioned to you uh, when we first spoke was uh, when I saw Kid Creole and the Coconuts, <laughs> and and that was just an insane experience. I was in this little nightclub. And the stage was so full. There was probably like 15 people in the band and all these dancing and all these different people on, on, you know, trombones and just, it was such, and then there was obviously Kid Creole himself and it's a whole stage show. You just don't know where to look. it's like, you watch one of those Pixar movies where you go back and you get different senses of humor (laughs) from different elements of the movie. I could just, you could just imagine watching that again and you wouldn't, there was a whole load of stuff that was going on. You didn't see because you were focused on one thing. That was pretty cool. I think another one I just reminded myself of was uh, John Cooper Clark, who's this kind of poet, and he speaks. He's like uh, he speaks like this. He's going really fast, and it's like a very Northern England kind of uh, poetry kind of vibe to it. And it's like that was crazy cool. But he's he's quite a character. And since we spoke, I just I was uh, I went to Boston for a concert. No, for a concert for a uh, a um, was that kind of marketing event? I was just there. I was there for the event, and I'm literally heading to the hotel, and I walked straight past this venue, and I could just see up on the wall it says Melissa Etheridge tonight. I'm like, no way! Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> and and so I went. I, I went through with a friend, and she was like, she was such a music fan. You should you should actually talk to her on her show. She's like got so many cool music stories. Anyway, <laughs> so she um, she we got tickets to go and we ended up on the fifth row it wow. was like in the aisle and it was just an awesome concert and oh my god it was just so cool it was so lively and just to be like it was so unexpected right Cause you just walk up and think where am I going to get a seat at this stage and they they sell us a ticket and it's like on the fifth row so Gosh.
0: that
2: was pretty cool Have you, you seen her before no I hadn't no, I mean, I know her staff, but I didn't, I'm not seeing her live. I just, it was such a gift to, like, walk past it and go, oh, my God, she's on, there's tickets. So that's cool. That's awesome. And then uh, I think the other one that was really a surprise, I think the surprise thing is cool, right? I was, in the, I was out in, uh, in New York, and Sister Sisters just happened to be on that night. And friends said, hey, should we go and see Sister Sisters? They're on, they're on tonight. I was like, yeah, no way, we won't get in. And yeah, we did. <laughs> it was like, again, it was completely unseated. So we were, like, right at the front.
0: It's interesting to think about, you know, in the context, you mentioned, you know, some of the spontaneity, you know, of that, how, how how is that spontaneity? I mean, when you go to, you know, you know, you buy a ticket, you know, the show is coming up and then, you know, you had the situation like you had in in Boston or New York with Scissor Sisters that it just, it just kind of happened, like. I don't know. Like, how does that change it for you? Like, do you do you enjoy the spontaneity shows better, or
2: do you? I don't know. There's there's a trade-off between that built-up expectation of Uh buying the ticket and thinking about it, and it's like, you know, two months to go, a month to go, and then counting down the days versus like, (laughs) not expecting it, and suddenly you're there. Otherwise, just otherwise, just popped into my head was um, when I was a kid. My a best friend's big brother was into Blue Oyster Cult, mm. and it was this like you know, legendary heavy metal band or something. And uh, I, I just knew the name. I never really listened to them, and uh, and suddenly they were on in my town. Like I live in uh, like Kelowna in British Columbia, and, and then like oh my god, boys Oyster Cutter on tonight. So we went to go with this friend because he remembers them too, and we we're like okay. So like these are like they were probably like sixty-five year old, like obviously run out of kind of the feeling of run out of money, back on 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 the road and. They were just like, they obviously still like smoked the way through the whole thing. And then it kind of just about like, they've completely lost all of their, you know, just about all their faculties. But they were still giving it, you know, they were sounding very hoarse and rusky, but it was just kind of fun. It was, it was fun to connect that sort of just seeing them was more of just like a memory back to my childhood. that I never actually saw them, but seeing them live just felt like, oh, my God, that's funny.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that, too. A lot of times, uh, you know, just he- hearing hearing some of these stories and kind of putting them in context, I was wondering how some of these, you know, you go, you're, you're one person before the concert, you know, and then you go, you undergo this change during the concert and you come out and you're this, you know, you're this, you know, you're kind of a different person, you know, like how have some of these concerts done that for you I mean, where you where you kind of went through this change or, or maybe you didn't, you know, you thought that it was going to be great and it didn't, but how, how have some of these concerts kind of changed, changed you as a, as a person or just, you know, your look on life or just, you know, that moment or whatever.
2: Yeah, the Melissa Etheridge thing was pretty cool because she's just—I think she'd been through quite a, a personal experience and some life challenges and stuff—and and she was like telling a lot of her story, and it really made you think about living in the moment. She was uh, she was just really enjoying herself. Like you could see, you'd see she'd had her own personal struggles, and she was just full of telling the whole story. But she was really like, you know. She was almost it was almost one of those kind of motivational lifes talk kind of events where she was really um, sharing her passion and discovery and sharing her journey and convincing you yeah, everyone else to like live everything for the best for the moment. It was very moving. Mm.
0: you think it was something that like you needed to hear yeah. like at that moment I know and a lot of times I've been to some shows and I just kind of get like surprised by. Where you know whether it's like a chord that some you know just the way it hits me or something they say you just kind of get you know you, you're, you you think you're trying to escape you know from life for a moment but you end up getting surprised by the music
2: like how it makes you feel or think or something like that is that is it? yeah kinda... you know it's like, like we said it's like you every I bet you if you if you interviewed everybody that left at a particular event they all take away a completely unique experience right. Mm-hmm like seeing one they will they there's one thing that connects to one moment in their life that that may bring something back like the blue oyster cult took me back to my childhood they didn't really mean anything to me mm-hmm. back then but it was just like it was funny because it was a it was a definitely a brand that i can remember the you know his the cd cases that his brother had of this of this band and he was like it was cool, I was just getting into music and I didn't really like it but it was just like that particular band but it was just this, it was a connection back to that memory, right sort of that's, these things connect things, like you said in the moment was it something you wanted to hear I don't think it was I think that's what, you translate it, right, the person just they deliver this experience and then you translate it into, into your what you need at that moment
0: yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's one of the things I, I, uh, definitely enjoy about, uh, live music. I mean, it's, I think that's what makes it so addicting for fans, you know, it's just, you go, there's, there's so many different aspects to it and, you know, it can just surprise you or it can be, uh, you know, even the things that you expect to find are, are still kind of, kind of amazing, you know, in that, uh, in that way. It's, uh that's some great stories, Nick. This is, uh, this is really cool. We could, we could probably have some more, uh, some more shows just about some of the things that you mentioned there with, uh, uh with that, but, uh, great, great, uh, great hearing, you know, everything that you've experienced with, with the music. I think this is probably, this might be the, one of the interviews that I've done, that we've done here that, uh, the most bands mentioned in a, uh, in a, in a list, but it's appropriate cause you know, you're, uh, you know, you're the, uh, the maker and uh you know uh, have uh brought us listly so we would we would expect nothing nothing but the uh you know the best when it came to giving us a list of of shows i, know, I was, so I was I looking at
2: that. my <laughs> i was looking at the, 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 the i was kind of wrote, sort of jotted down this list before we were talking and i was just like well that's an eclectic list <laughs> oh i think i want my best story i forgot to you my best story Is, uh, well, this is the funniest thing because I'm not—I'm not exactly the biggest guy, right, on the planet. But I, I, when I was at university, I got invited to be—they um, were obviously running short—and I got invited to be a bouncer for an Annie Lennox gig. So then I'm running at the door, this university, like, uh, and. Uh, Technically, I think I don't think I got paid. I think I just got free free access. But then I can remember I remember letting some friends in through the door, this side door as well. So it was a whole experience of like. But Annie Lennox was awesome that night. Oh my god, it was freaking crazy! So you were a dancer on stage? No, a dancer. I was a bouncer. Oh, ba- oh bouncer. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. you, said you
0: were a dancer because I know that no, no, uh, no. the Flaming Lips. They, you know, I don't know if you you've heard of them before, but. Uh, they, they invite fans as they go from city to city to be dancers on their, on their stage. And oh, that's said, cool. I thought you said dancer, but you said bouncer. No, no, no.
2: <laughs> no, because like, I'm not that big a guy. Like, you, you would expect somebody to like a, oh, you need a yeah. big six-foot guy, right? but <laughs> Somehow, some friend was organizing it, and they said, oh, yeah, we need one more you know, person. Do you want to do that? I was like, yeah, sure. It, just always, it always seemed so funny to me to think that I was a bouncer for Annie Lennox. You know?
0: Nice. So you did? You did, did, you, did you have to balance anybody, or did anybody? No, uh, I think no. I just let
2: people in. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just let people
0: in. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. That's a great story. That's good. Very, very. Good. Oh, that doesn't
2: come back to bite me. I think I'm safe after all these years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now they always say though too. I always wonder about that because you look. You, you go to there's. Uh, you know guys that stand in front of the stage, the security guys that stand right in front of the, you know, the kind of the photo pit area. And yeah, I always yeah. wonder if they hire those guys, like a prerequisite for the show is that you, you cannot like the band that's playing on stage cause you would, you know, you wouldn't pay attention or, you know, or something like that. Uh, was it, what, was it distracting for you, um, you know, <laughs> being, being the bouncer or did it, did it make it more like, you know, like you were protecting Antionics, well, was, but I think you know, it wasn't really like
2: specifically banned this protecting the stage. It was more like the venue, right? So, right, right, part of the security team. But yeah, I still got to see the whole thing, so that was pretty cool.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, so it's it's. I guess, I guess being a bouncer is is kind of better than uh, having to be in the security by the stage, so you can actually yeah that, kind that of will, enjoy yeah. it, right? Once once yeah. the show starts, you don't have to bounce too many people, you know. So, <laughs> hopefully, right?
1: No,
2: yeah, exactly.
0: So, this is awesome, Nick. I I really appreciate you taking the time, and uh, definitely um, definitely have to talk some more about a concert. It sounds like we have a lot of a lot of cool stories to share. So um, so where can people find
2: it? List.ly. Okay. So uh, it's nice and short. If you just if you just type list.ly, you'll find you definitely find the uh, finders, but uh, list.ly. Yep.
0: Great, and our uh, can can we expect to find a a listly list of all these concerts that you've mentioned? Uh, and <laughs> I should I should or, make that or, or, or another. You, you you should you you really should.
2: I should. I'll do that. It's kind of cool. i like that. My favorite gigs.
0: Favorite gigs. Yeah. Absolutely, or about bouncing tips, or you know, bouncing. Like yeah, yeah. What I
2: learned. What I learned from ten things I learned from bouncing around Linux. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. Well, th- thanks, thanks, Nick, and
0: we will. Uh, th- thanks again for joining us, and we will uh, Pleasure. definitely have you have you back on soon. Thanks. All right. Thank you. All right. So, uh, Colin, you're gonna go create your uh, list. Absolutely, Right now, I'm googling uh, it. To, uh, favorite shows to put something down. I'm fascinated by this. I, it was great to have Nick on the show, and uh, again, we we'll have to have him back. I mean, it was amazing to hear him talking about uh, Annie Lennox being a bouncer, and you know, all that, uh, all that kind of stuff. So, um, and maybe who knows? Maybe um, the Norway education system will develop a whole course curriculum for how to make a list, so that when the kids get back into school. They can uh, you know, focus list. on school and that's Focus Justin on Bieber. school, right? Because when you get a list, you get all your thoughts created. So maybe uh, Nick can help create uh, and use Listly for the school curriculum to maintain and control a little bit beaver fever, right? So, but in any case, uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, again, show notes are at livefixblog.com. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at uh, livefixmedia. Google Plus. Uh, again, stay tuned. We're going to be starting some uh, some pretty cool stuff on Twitter in the uh, in the coming weeks. Again, we got a live music. Uh, our next show is going to be about live music fashion, so that's a show, Colleen, that I know you've been dying to do for a while. So um, that's our uh, our next one coming up. But uh, until then, thank you very much for listening. And um, sign